so glad you guys are here tonight. Um, I am very glad to be here as well. I missed last week. I really missed you guys. I really did. But um, something important happened to my life. My wife is not here right now. But anyways, she uh, she gave birth to our first son. So I don't know. I could use I could use a hand clap for that. Yeah. I was gonna like take this moment to like honor her, but I think she's feeding him right now. So I don't think this would be a great time. But needless to say, let me tell you guys, I am tired. <laughs> I am very tired. But I got coffee earlier, so we are going to do this thing, and it's going to be amazing. And God's going to bless it. Amen. Amen. I'll take it. I'll take it. But um, I want to give, just before we continue, I want to give honor where honor is due. If you, let's say, if you are an adult or a teenager who is serving at Elevate tonight, would you just lift up your hand? Just all around the room, lift up your hand. All right, let's give these guys a round of applause. These guys are doing an amazing job. You guys are doing great. You guys are doing an incredible job. But um, yeah, can I tell you guys, is it okay if I tell you guys an embarrassing story? Is that fine? Okay, yeah, he, he's too excited about it. It's not that bad, but it's kind of embarrassing to say. It's not that bad just because I was a kid, but, um, you know, I was, I don't know, maybe 10, 11 years old. Mariah's going to remember the story, actually. But um, I was, it, was, it was at our grandma's house. It was outside. She knows where I'm going with this. It was outside. We're, we're, she, our grandma's had a big pool with a big slide. So, you know, I'm out there. I'm, I'm wearing my swim trunks, and I'm, I'm beginning to go down this slide, Okay. And apparently, huh? I know, she, did, she, she didn't warn me it was about to happen. But apparently they had like a bit of a wasp problem, okay? And I'm sliding down this slide. And as I'm sliding down, Mariah looks and she sees a wasp fly up into my pants. As I'm sliding down the slide, and then right before I hit the water, it stings me somewhere I do not want to tell you guys, okay? It stings me really bad. I have not been the same man since. Let me just tell you guys that. I don't, that scarred me. That, that was not an amazing experience. But I want to ask you guys if you've had a similar thought as I had. How many of you guys would love to just see all wasps removed from existence? Okay, I think we can all get behind that, right? I think we'd love to see wasps removed from existence. Because, you know, wasps, they are antagonizing, they are mean. I feel like they're just out to get us for no reason. I don't know, like, like bees, you know, at least bees keep a little bit of distance, right? But I feel like wasps do not. They're just plain rude if you ask me. So, yeah, let's say it again. Raise your hand if you just want all wasps gone. Let's just put them up high, be proud about it. Okay, so this is a little bit of a trick question. I'm, I'm pulling a pastor move here. This is a bit of a trick question because... I want, I, want, I want to ask you guys, raise your hand if you want to be flooded with flies, caterpillars, and spiders, all of your gardens and trees in your backyard to die and dry out, and worst of all, every fig tree to die. I know, I know. I Not the fig trees, not the fig trees. But while we you know, might not have thought about it, maybe you learned about this in school, I did not for sure, but wasps are actually a very keystone species in our habitat that wasps, they keep away like bugs, caterpillars, and spiders that I, as I was doing research on this, apparently it wouldn't take very long at all for us to literally be overwhelmed with spiders. I don't know about you guys, but I hate spiders like a hundred times more than I hate wasps. Spiders are revolting. They apparently keep our gardens and our trees and our backyards healthy and safe because of those said bugs. They keep those bugs populations down and because of that, our gardens and our trees can flourish. 
And then apparently wasps are a key species in keeping fig trees specifically alive. I didn't know that. I didn't look into how I did that. I just read that on Quora and I believed it, okay? This is not advice for you guys to do. But while the wasp is seemingly like not doing much for the environment, when it is removed from existence, it can cause catastrophic effects and it can have a great impact on the world around us, okay? So something unassuming like that can have a big global impact more than it seems it would be, right? So other things that I thought of that if you were, that were similar to that, if you were to just instantly right now delete every paper staple in existence, just right this second, I firmly believe that the world would shut down for around 14 seconds while everyone scrambles to pick up all their papers, right? Something as small as a staple could have a big impact. You know, if you were to remove, right now, delete from existence, every single plastic straw in existence, you might save a lot of turtles. I mean, there, there is the turtles. But everybody that's in mid-sip on their McDonald's smoothie would have a big mess and might even cause some few wrecks. Something as small as the straw could have a big impact if it was removed from existence. Don't even get me started on the nails that keep our houses together. Something that small, if it was removed, can make a big impact. And the point I'm trying to make is that just because something seems small and insignificant doesn't mean it's not making an impact. I believe that the stories that we tell each other are the same way. The stories that we share, the stories that we consume, the stories that we watch, that we tell each other, if they were to be removed, it seems like it wouldn't make that big of a difference. It seems like, you know, maybe our entertainment would go down a little bit, but we would be fine. But how many of you guys have been emotionally moved by a book, a movie, or a video game before? You can just raise up your hand, just be proud. I know I have several times emotionally moved. Uh, just a vulnerable moment here. The first time I cried during a video game was Super Mario Galaxy. I'm just going to put that out there right now. Don't ask me why. You can talk to me later. But I've been emotionally moved by stories before, and stories have the power to move us emotionally and then the power to make us do something about that, right? And so if you were to remove stories from existence, I believe they would have an impact. Now, horror, horror movie writers, they get this down. They understand this. Because I want you to imagine that if you watched a horror movie, right, or if you read a horror novel, you know, if you're anything like me, then you'll be sitting up at 3 a.m. shaking yourself to sleep saying, it's not real, it's not real, it's not real. I don't know, maybe I'm just sensitive, maybe I'm just not good at that, but there is a twist that horror movie writers love to do, and they put up this phrase at the beginning that says, based on a true story. How many of you guys know that the terror level at 3 a.m. immediately just shoots through the roof? right? Immediately shoots through the roof because you cannot comfort yourself saying, okay, there's no way that could happen. But now you're like, oh, that happened to that guy. That happened to those high schoolers who were stupid enough to not take their car and drive away. Like, that could happen to me. We should split up alone. Right. We should split up alone. <laughs> Apparently, people are stupid enough to do that because it's based on a true story. But the, the point is, when it's based on a true story, you're thinking there in the middle of the night, you're saying, what happened to that guy? That can happen to me, right? It's based on a true story. It is apparently real. It apparently happened at some point. And so the title of my message tonight is based on a true story. And to pray, I need to invite someone up to pray. So who wants to pray us out? Anybody at all in this room? Going once, going twice. Zach, come on up. 
Give, give Zach a round of applause. I'm like a, I'm like a school teacher now. I just call someone up if no one up, volunteers. Zach, pray us out. Sure, yeah. Uh, God, thank you so much for just keeping us safe on our way here today. And I pray that you'll really just speak through Sean tonight. And I pray that it won't just be a message we hear and go home, but I pray that we'll actually take this with us this next week, God. And I pray that you will just speak through us, through this message, God. And I thank you so much. And just continue to keep us safe and healthy. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Zach. Thank you for that pop over there. I appreciate that. But, okay, so we all have stories to share, you know, whether they are important or not, whether they involve wasps or not. But, like I said, just like the wasp, just like the nail, just like the staple, the straw, if, they, if we were to remove our stories, I believe something, I believe we would be missing something. Now, what's really cool is when something happens to us or we witness something, you know, that's called a testimony. And... A testimony is defined as evidence or proof provided by the existence or the appearance of something. You know, for example, who here is following along with the Johnny Depp trial or anybody? Is it just me? Okay, just me on TikTok. But, you know, we see on that trial that lots of people are witnessing things. They are going up and they are testifying, right? And they're testifying. They're saying, hey, this is how I saw things. This is the evidence and proof that this existed. And what's cool is that when God does something in our life that changes us, and that marks us, and that gives us a before moment and an after moment, we have been given a testimony of what God has done. Some of you guys, a lot of you guys here, we already know what a testimony is. But the test, a testimony or a witnessing to what God has done is basically just a story that we have to share with other people. You know, when, we, when God changes your life, when God sets you free from that addiction, when God heals you, when God changes your family situation around, you have been giving a testimony that you can share with other people. And if you did not have that testimony, if that testimony was removed from you, I believe it's not that somebody's not getting something. I believe you're, it's actually taking something away from other people. And I'm going to get more to that in a moment. But if you were to see how many people were affected by the lack of you sharing your testimony, I believe we'd be surprised. Now, who here was at The Send this last week? This last weekend, yeah. I was at The Send. We actually brought our five-day-old son to The Send, and I, I meant to throw up a picture, but I forgot, but I'll just post it. I'm sure it's on social media somewhere. But we were at The Send, and I just want to share a clip with you guys of a young man who had in a powerful testimony that he shared with us. And I want you guys to watch his testimony and hopefully we can learn something from that. From that. It's about four minutes long, so let's watch this testimony. This is one of many stories we could share. I wanna bring out for a moment a couple legends in their generation, a couple young Gen Zers, two guys here named Asher and Jimmy. And as they're coming out, I wanna invite you to watch this video. You see, that was my voice a week ago. For 17 years of my life, my voice has been almost gone. It sounded like that for 17 years. I've been to the doctor so many times, and every single time they say the exact same thing. They say, there's nothing wrong with your vocal cords. We don't know what's happened. Um, they told me at 15, if my voice did not change, it would stay like that forever. I was in a worship night during Commission City Summer Camp, and I was literally just sitting there soaking in worship, and I got a word from the Lord that I might have gotten healed that night. 
And then the second worship set came on and I started singing and all of a sudden my voice completely changed and got completely healed. And I was in shock. I got up on stage and I shared. I said, guys, I think I got healed. And, and the entire room erupted in joy because everyone knew what my voice sounded like. Everyone knew that that was a healing testimony. Everyone knew what it was. And the only explanation to what happened is a miracle working God. There is no denying that what happened to me was a miracle. And I just felt this burden over my high school that says, I need to go. I need to go. And just getting so many visions, so many words about my high school that I need to go. I need to preach. I need to go. Wow. Praise God. Praise God. What an honor to be here. For 17 years, doctors told me that there was no hope for my voice. For 17 years, the enemy tried to keep me silent. He tried to quiet my voice. But look at me now. Look at me now. I'm standing here as living proof that God is a healer. That God is moving in power in our generation. That God is moving in power in Gen Z. But more than healing, more than just a miracle, I believe my voice is a prophetic sign that the voice of an entire generation is being restored today. The enemy, he's tried to keep us silent for too long. He's tried to keep Gen Z afraid for too long. But today, today I believe is the day that Gen Z will be louder and stronger than ever before. Guys, we are in a historic moment right now. We really are, where Jesus is moving in signs and wonders in our generation. He's moving in high schools. And it's not the time to stay silent. It's not the time to shy away in fear. The world's not quiet. The enemy is not silent. Oh, the church cannot be silent either. The church cannot be quiet. We can't. We can't. So to every high schooler here, 15-year-old, 17-year-old like me, you have a voice. Your voice matters. We need your voice. There's a message that God wants you to release in your high schools. And so if there's anything I want people to take from my healing, it's that you have a voice that we need you. We need you. There are people walking in high school that have never heard the good news of Jesus Christ before. Jesus is longing to save, but how will they know unless we raise our voice? So where the enemy tried to silence me for 17 years, where the enemy tried to silence Gen Z, I believe that today, Today, can you agree with me that today, Gen Z will not be quiet? We will not be quiet. The voice of our generation is being restored. Guys, let's give God some praise for that. Come on. Man, I don't know about you guys, but that just like inspired me so much. That gave me so much hope and encouragement to hear that. And I was, like I said, I was very encouraged by that, I was inspired, but I want you to imagine that if he had never shared his story, if he had never shared his testimony, not just at the send, not just through this video, but if he never shared that with anybody, if that was just something that happened to him, that he kept it for himself, that our testimonies 
are important to be shared, that if they were removed, then something big would happen. What he was just doing, he wasn't saying anything special. He was just saying, hey, this is what God did to me, and this is what I learned from it, right? This is what God changed me. God healed me. God set me free. God gave me a vision for my school. God gave me a vision to speak on this stage, and he shared it by not sharing what God has done. You think you're not giving someone something, right? You think you're withholding something. But in fact, by not share, for him to not share that, he's actually taking away this encouragement, inspiration that we feel. By him not sharing it, it's not him not giving something, but it's him actually taking something away from us. In Revelation 19, 9 through 10, it says, Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. He's talking uh, about an angel. But he said to me, You must not do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God instead. Listen to this, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, what does that mean? Prophecy is declaring, hey, this is going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet, right? It's as simple as that. This is going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. And I've heard this spoke preached on before, but the testimony that you have to share is a testimony of prophecy. That means what God did in me is a prophetic word for what God can do in you. What God did inside of me, what God did inside of that kid and that teenager, that is saying, hey, God can do that inside of you. It's a spirit of prophecy. Your testimony is saying what he did in me, he can do in you. Like I said, your testimony is a lot like those horror novels I was talking about at the beginning. Right? Let me explain that. Your testimony is saying, you know, those, those horror books, you're saying you're lying awake at 3 a.m., you're terrified, and you're like, man, what can happen in him can happen in me. Some of you guys are seeing where this is going. Your testimony is saying, is, hope, is hopefully encouraging your audience, or the person you're sharing it with, to lie awake at 3 at night, not in terror, but anticipation, saying, what can happen in him? That could happen in me. The healing that he received... That, that happened to him. That can happen to me. It's the same God. It's the same spirit. The breakthrough from the addiction that my friend received, that she received, that he received, I can receive that too. Your testimony is a spirit of prophecy. Sharing your testimony with others should have that same reaction. What if that healing happens to me? What if that breakthrough happens to me? Because, you see, I, I actually believe that sometimes our testimonies aren't just about us getting healed, even though I do believe that God wants to set us free, right? That testimonies isn't always just about setting us free from an addiction or a breakthrough, even though it is about that. But I believe that God does those things at certain times for the purpose of sharing it with other people. It's sometimes what God's doing in me, the healing that God's doing in my body, sometimes that's for you to share it. I'm not the only one getting something out of this. If I'm sharing that and proclaiming that everywhere I go, that means you're benefiting from what God's doing inside of me. And I believe God knows that. He did that for a reason. But again, if we're not sharing that with people, then we're actually taking away that potential prophetic word from their life. And so it's so important, as you can see, that it's important to share what God did inside of us and to share the testimony that we've been given and to witness. You know, the Bible says we need to witness Again, all that word means is just to declare, hey, this is what I saw. This is what God did. You don't have to preach a big sermon. You don't have to have all these scriptures. You don't have to think of creative points that all start with the letter P. Like You don't have to do any of that. You're just saying, hey, I saw God do this. 
And this is my story. And guess what? It's the same God at work inside of me that's at work inside of you. And so I want to teach you guys tonight in just the time I have left, just really practical, basic tools on how you can share your testimony. This is like my master class on sharing testimonies. It's super simple and it's super easy, but all testimonies should have three parts to it. It should have before the encounter with God, what happened during the encounter of God, and how you've been since the encounter of God. It's as simple as that. It doesn't need to be more complicated than that. It doesn't need to be more convoluted than that. It's just saying, hey, this is the direction I was headed. This is where I was going. I was stuck in that addiction. You know, my body was broken. My body wasn't healed. All these things. My financial situation was looking like this. I, my job situation was looking like this. But God. But God stepped in. God did this miracle. God did this miraculous thing. God intervened. God broke the, the flow of time for me to do this thing. So now I live like this. So now I've learned that God is a healer. So now I've learned that I can trust God. So now I learned that this is the kind of God that I serve. And it, it, that's what it should look like. It should look like those basic things. That it should be a before God, what happened with God, and then an after God. And what's really cool and I'm really excited about is next Wednesday we're actually going to have a time where I've asked five different people to share their testimony, to share a testimony of something that God did inside of them. And we're going to be able to hear that next week. We're going to hear five, we're going to hear five different stories of how God has changed someone's life, five different stories of how God has intervened with a person. And I believe, again, it's not about just to be a big talent show of look how spiritual these people are, look how much faith they had, but no, it's going to say what, they, what he did inside of these people is a prophetic word of what he can do inside of you. Amen? It's going to be really good, you guys. I'm so excited for it. It is going to be incredible because sharing our testimony should be a, a regular part of the life of a Christian. You know, we should be having these God encounters. We should be having those encounters and impacts with God. And listen, I just want to say, if you haven't had one yet, then it's coming. It's coming. You're, you, you know, we're all, we can all find ourselves in one of these three parts of a testimony. And some of us, we're in different parts for different stories, but maybe you're just in the before. Maybe you're in the, the direction I was headed part, you know? And so we all have a part in the story. We all have a testimony either in the making or that has already been made. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. And I want to read that verse once again. It's Revelation 19.9. I want to read 19.10. It says, You who hold the testimony of Jesus, you should worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You know, there's, there's another verse that I don't have on the screen, but I'm just reminded of, and that is, we have overcome. We have overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, but also by the word of our testimony. We have overcome Satan, we have overcome temptation by the blood of the Lamb, which is Jesus dying on the cross for us. You know, I think we all get that part. We, we've overcome him by Jesus paying the price for our sins and dying on the cross. But it's interesting because the Bible also says by the word of our testimony, that by speaking it out and sharing it with other people and by proclaiming that prophecy on others that are in similar situations, we have overcome the enemy and overcome temptation. So what I want to do tonight is I want to wrap up by sharing with you guys one of my testimonies. It's a testimony that has a start, a middle, and a finish. It has wrapped up and it's ended. 
but it's actually a little bit difficult for me to share. It is something that was personal to me that I battled with for a long time. We can get a little piano going there, break up the, break up the awkwardness. But um, when I was about 15 years old, uh, I, had, I was really deep in an addiction to pornography. And I will tell you, it really messed with my life. I, w it was, I probably had that between 15 to 21 years old. You know, I'm 24 now, I think I'm, 20, yeah, I'm 24 now. But between 15 to 21, I was stuck in this addiction to pornography. And that's the direction I was headed. I remember laying awake at night and thinking, how is my future wife going to love me if she knows this is happening? Even if I get free from this, she's gonna know what happened at some point. How is that gonna happen for me? And I remember thinking other things such as, how am I supposed to tell anybody about this, first of all? Even if, I, even if I'm married, how am I supposed to tell that to her? Because even when I was in the middle of it, I knew it was awful, terrible, disgusting. But I remember one day we were at, I was uh, leading a small group at, here at Elevate, it was years ago. And we were having a worship time. And I remember God saying, you need to tell this group about this issue that you're having. And I was like, God, there's no way I'm gonna tell these people. I have respect for these people and they have respect for me. I'm leading this small group. How, what are, how are they gonna think that if the leader of their small group is gonna to admit to this problem, not a problem that he used to have, but a problem that he has. So, you know, I, I did the smart thing and argued God for a while and then eventually I did it. Eventually I just caved in. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do it. And I remember we were having worship, so I, I couldn't even stand. I just got on my knees in the middle of the circle in my parents' basement. And I can't remember if I interrupted worship. I don't think I did, but it was between songs. And I just said, guys, this is what I'm struggling with. I'm stuck in this. I need prayer for this. And I'll tell you guys, that group of guys are still my friends today. And it was that group, they prayed over me, they loved me, they showed me acceptance. And they said, Sean, we're gonna be here with you no matter what. We're gonna struggle with it. You're gonna struggle with you. You have my number, you can call me whenever you need to. And I, just, I was just met with just an ending love from that group, just the love of Jesus that showed through them to me. And so I just wanna say, I wasn't healed from that addiction. I wasn't set from that addiction in that moment. But it happened probably about a year or two later. But to me, that's where the spirit of that addiction broke off of me, was in that moment. It was them praying over me. And I can say for the past three years now that I have been free from not only pornography, but from the spirit of lust that has been, that is the underroot of what pornography is. And I have been free from both of those. And so since then, I've seen that, hey, no matter what happens to me, no matter how bad my sin is, I know that I can trust God, and I know if I'm around the right people, I can trust them as well. That they, if I'm around strong Christians, they can show me the love that I need to receive. Because listen, you can't do life as a Christian by yourself. God will always forgive you and accept you for who you are, but he's also always gonna lead you to other people who are gonna do the same. God's favorite thing to do on the entire universe is to use other people to show you love. 
God's love is already for us, but it is an amazing, special, significant thing for other people to show God's love to you. So I want us all to stand up right now as we enter this last time of worship. And I just wanna challenge you guys. Maybe you're like me and you have a testimony that's like that. I don't want you to be afraid to share it. Listen, there's, there's stuff that everybody deals with, okay? It took a lot for me. I'm gonna be really honest with you guys. It took a lot for me to share that with you on the stage here. It took a lot of openness and vulnerability for me to do that. But I did that because I did not wanna withhold the power that my testimony has for you guys. I want to impart that on you. And as a prophetic word that says, what God did inside of me, guess what? It's the same God that's inside of you and he can do it inside of you too. Maybe your path looks different. Maybe your path is longer, shorter, whatever, but it's the same God and that God wants you free. And I'm not just talking about an addiction. I'm talking about maybe that's a healing. Maybe that's a breakthrough. Maybe that's just getting the boldness to share a story. Father God, we just lift up our hands in this place and we just praise you and we thank you for that. We thank you for everything you're going to be doing today. Maybe we find ourselves in the middle, in the before the breakthrough and it doesn't look like there's any hope. But I'm standing with billions and billions, if not trillions of Christians of all time that can say and testify that there is hope, that is the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is at work and is at power inside of you more than you can ever ask, think, or imagine. God, we just praise you in this place.
You know, if you're struggling with something like I was before, I know that's not what my message was about, but I just want to invite you to just tell somebody about it. You know, don't don't do it. Don't don't go through it by yourself. You know, if you're a guy, I'd love for you to come tell me, and I'd pray for you, grab lunch with you, get coffee, whatever. Love doing stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just tell somebody about it. Maybe it's one of us. Maybe it's someone else. I don't know, but you, I just believe that you, you need somebody that's going to be able to be a strong Christian in your life that can call out things when things need to be called out. You know, I believe everybody needs a mentor. Everybody needs a circle of strong Christians who can help lift each other up. So I just want to encourage you that if you're struggling with that, to tell somebody. Um, also, we, I went, we went ahead and made up some of these uh, write your personal testimony worksheets. It's nothing fancy. It's just kind of giving you the prompts that we talked about during the message that if you need help maybe writing a testimony that's happened or that's happening to you right now, um, go ahead and fill these out. You don't have to, you're not turning them in anywhere. It's just for your own use. But next week, like I said, we're having five people share their testimony and we're calling it a night of testimony and fire. And I believe it's going to be an incredible night and I want to do these more frequently. So this will help you write your testimony. And um, if you feel like you want to share it in front of everybody, I would absolutely love that. I don't want to take away that opportunity from you. And this worksheet can be a really good resource for you to help you fill out your testimony. So let's just, let's all lift up our hands one last time as I pray us out. God, I thank you for what you have done in us tonight. I just pray that the work that you've started continues inside of our hearts, that we have boldness in the name of Jesus, we have courage in the name of Jesus, and that we have most importantly, above all else, love. Love for ourselves, love for the people around us, love for the people that the world hates, love for the people on the other side, God. I just declare that there is love in this place, there is love for ourselves, and that there is love for you, God, because you first loved us and you love us so much, Jesus. We just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Let's give God praise for this word, guys. Awesome. All right. Thank you guys for coming. These are out in the lobby. Go ahead and grab one. You guys are dismissed.